The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the show Socially Distanced. I'm one of your two hosts, Paxton Wright. With me is my co-host, Justin Kiever. That's who you are. That's who I am. And no one can take that away from you, Justin. Don't let them. Don't let them try to strip you of your identity. I will do my best. The best Justin Kiever I've ever known. And in fact, the only Justin Kiever I've ever known. You know what? Let's keep it that way. There's a baseball coach in like Idaho or something that you should never meet then. I, I used to Google myself a lot. There's a Justin Kiever who <laughs> coaches basketball, baseball. One of those, know, ball, one of those ball sports. <laughs> I used to be friends on Facebook uh, with a club promoter in Atlanta named Paxton Wright. That was pretty Ooh. exciting. Huh. That, was, <laughs> that was, I think the, the bigger red flag was that this almost 40 year old man from across the country who shared my name sent the friend request to me when I was about 12, but I was on Facebook and I was in middle school and I was like, Oh, well that's fun. And so I accepted his request and I don't know when I deleted his, uh, deleted him as my friend, but it was like recently, I think. (laughs) Why, why he do that? Uh, Why he do that thing? He do that because, like, like, because name, name, same, and that fun. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And I, I'm going to hope there was n- no, I hope he left it at that intentions. too. I, you know what? I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that thought with me to bed tonight, but that's neither here nor there. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, if you're not familiar with our show, well, let me regale you with a rundown. I don't need to regale the audience every week with how the show works, but I do it every time. Uh, this is a show wherein Justin and I basically talk about uh, the week and current events, particularly in media and pop culture and entertainment and whatnot, and give our two cents about it because the internet and radio is not full of enough straight cis upper middle class white guys talking about video games. I keep saying that, and it's high time we change that. Don't you agree? It's a very uh, underrepresented kind of uh, online content and uh, media content generally. I'm glad we can, you know, finally, after all of this time, fill that niche. You know, they're calling us pioneers. I don't know who is, but surely there are people out there calling us pioneers. I refuse to believe anything else. Um, <sighs> Man, I've also heard we're the first people to invent irony and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Uh, anyhow, before before we get into things, I guess just real briefly, because I don't think uh, anybody is really uh, looking to discuss that absolute 
cyclone of nightmares that was uh, the presidential debate this week. But that happened, and it sucked. It was bad. I didn't like it. I had a bad time with it. I uh, I had a very, very bad time with that. Like, I watched that thinking, like, you know, this maybe it'll be interesting. Maybe at worst it'll be funny. That was not the worst it could have gone. There was like a moment about 10 minutes in where I was like, okay, this is super depressing. and I want to tap out. And then I kept watching precisely because, do you remember that like True Detective, that line in the first (laughs) season of True Detective where like Matthew McConaughey is talking about like why he doesn't kill himself. And then he basically goes, you know, I tell myself I bear witness. Like I was basically like, I was just like watching that debate going like, I, I tell myself I bear witness. (laughs) just like you know watching the end of the united states um we deserve yeah no that was a bad time (laughs) yeah no it was it was uh not great we we get the debate we deserve (laughs) mr president please um that was my chris wallace thank you ladies and gentlemen um but thank you uh i guess for what it's worth um and who who knows if it's worth much anymore because 2020 is a topsy-turvy mess and 2021 uh we'll see how that one turns out but um remember it, if you watch that debate i i hope you realize how important it is to vote uh, oh oh my god um even yeah i we're in california i know the 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 presidency is safe but of course there's up and down the ballot and whatnot are important to keep in mind but um uh, yeah i i i just like there's uh, you know i could write a a a book on reasons I'm not thrilled about a Biden presidency, but I, I like the thought of democ- democracy living to fight another day. Um, so, so let's let's see to it that we can maybe make that happen. So register to vote if you haven't, and please vote this election. Vote early if possible. Vote in person if you're not at risk. That's also good. Um, but yeah, just participate and try and make this not the last stand of uh civilization that would be that would be good yeah like (laughs) yeah i i I too recommend voting i mean i guess like the a thing to take away from everything happening is that yeah like this this grand bizarre spectacle of politics you know in ways that i feel like get kind of abstracted away sometimes does affect all of us in this country and you know kind of uh inserting yourself into that process of politics you know where possible is good yeah that's a thing you should do yeah exactly for for yourself and for others and you know uh, we, we we can pretty much leave it at that but remember like i think we've basically said something more or less to the same effect on the show before voting is the 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 foundation of fixing our problems it is by no means a a fix-all or even remotely close but it's a start and uh we have a a whole mess of problems and i'd like to at least start fixing them so let's let's try to do that this uh next month and a few days sound good everybody Yes, that sounds good. We'll do it. Yeah. Right. I, th- I, th- I think the their was, message is reaching the public. This was my oppor- This would have been my opportunity to um, include the uh, more more sound effects of people cheering <laughs> and do another fake audience bit like we did on last week's show. But that added an extra 
the half hour to 40 minutes on my my uh, editing <laughs> workload last week. So I'm not going to do that. So we're going to leave it at those those pitiful half whispered cheers that you and I just did. And I'm not, I'm not going to add any more because I... I've re- as I've mentioned before on this show, I recently got a job and my schedule is now a lot busier. I don't have time for that foolishness. Although I clearly have some time because we just got re-upped for another season of our show. Hooray! Yay, good not, for us. I'm still not adding crowd sound effects, but we're gonna we're gonna keep on KUCI for the time being. So so stick with it. I guess let's get into the the now let's get into the fun stuff. Um Justin. Do the words Minecraft Steve mean anything to you? Uh, is that like, is that like a streamer? Is that someone who just like named Steve who just streams Minecraft? Might as well be. It doesn't matter is the point. Um, but <laughs> what, uh, what does matter is the fact that uh, this streamer or mystery man, no, no, he's the, I should, I should actually probably clarify for those who don't know. He is the, I, I guess, main character avatar type uh, that the player in Minecraft plays as. The, the uh, much celebrated, just about a decade old um, and still going strong uh, sandbox create creator game that uh, yeah, Minecraft. Uh, yeah, so that is worth clarifying because you know I'm aware of Minecraft. I have actually played. I've played some Minecraft, and I the fact that the avatar in Minecraft is named Steve is something is like a little tidbit that like repeatedly enters my brain and then immediately exits it. So that was something I need to be actually reminded of before we started recording. So well, that, that's what I'm here for. I think it's going to do it for us this week. You stay, take care out there, everybody. No, wait a second. That's not We've right. informed the public. <laughs> We've done our duty. Remember to vote and remember who Minecraft Steve is. That's, that's how we will uh, get to the light at the end of this very dark tunnel we're in as a nation. Just um, imagining our listener going, hmm, okay, yes, vote for Minecraft Steve. <laughs> right in Minecraft Steve. <laughs> the libertarian candidate Minecraft Steve. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yes, so Minecraft Steve has been added to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. And my thoughts on that are, drum roll please. That's fine. Sure. Why? Okay. Um, and that is, uh, if if you looked at dork Twitter today, apparently a very hot take. If you don't have strong opinions about Minecraft Steve being in Smash Ultimate, um, you you just don't you don't belong in this community. Clearly. Um, strong feelings one way or the other if you're not hyped or furious shame on you seems to be the perception online it's great yeah um i have been i've been like blessedly offline today so i like have missed this and let me tell you it feels really good to hear a piece of news and just have absolutely no reaction yeah. Like this is just like a Remember thing that? that occurred that I, it feels so good. It feels liberating. I also feel very old, you know, it's like a pop culture thing. And I just like, I hear it and go like, okay, yes, I do not need to form an opinion about this. 
Yeah. Now yeah. we're going to talk about it nonetheless. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> listeners. But um, but still, like I guess just kind of like you know preface this with like this is where I'm at on this news is I'm at nowhere on this news. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I watched the trailer. I kept up with it, and I my my dial has not shifted one way or the other. I'm still dead set on zero in terms of emotional reaction to this issue. Um, but nonetheless, like the, the fact that there is like possibly an emotional reaction to this issue, I think is like, you know, the two of us are kind of detached from this. The fact that people are actually very invested in this and angry about it is, I think, actually interesting. So, yeah, like what, um, so Paxton, can you kind of like run me through like, why are the reactions this way? Like what, what is kind of like the discussion that's like surrounding these emotions? So I think the biggest thing was that there were so many people, so many characters that people had their fingers crossed for to be announced today. Um, just some of the names that come to mind, you know, were Skull Kid from Majora's Mask was one that a lot of people were rallying for. Um, Doom guy was being rallied for. Uh, I think Laura Croft, I, I saw pop up quite a bit. Um, uh, gosh, who else? Uh, of course, the you know the forever Smash meme Gino uh, and the other forever Smash meme Waluigi were both, of course, always being rallied for. Um, but nobody was rallying for uh, Minecraft Steve. In fact, I think well, it was even on um, it was even on. Uh, the castle super bees podcast last week they were joking about how there was going to be a new smash announcement and they're like they're like uh they're like they were listing characters that it could be and they were like uh it could be minecraft steve and like it's not gonna be minecraft steve they won't do minecraft steve that would be that'd be terrible if they did minecraft steve and now here we are with minecraft steve and i think it was mainly just that people had very high hopes for a litany of characters that they felt were more worthy to enter into the the pantheon of smash because this is also the last um this is the last season of uh of character dlc as well after this you know season is up there's no more characters coming to smash ultimate that's that's going to be the the final roster so every announcement there's a lot banking on and i guess because Minecraft Steve represents a franchise that the kids like and the gamer boomers don't like, that automatically makes it bad. Um, but need I remind you that uh, uh, first, I want to just say I like Smash. I play quite a bit of Smash. Smash is good. Smash is for children. Smash was a game uh, marketed toward children. Um, it was mar like it's. I'm being a little cynical. It was marketed toward all ages, but like at the end of the day, that is a game for the Switch. That is, that is marketed toward a a very wide demo. So yeah, they're gonna put in some characters that the kids like. That's fine. There might be a Fortnite in there too. That's fine. Uh, Minecraft is probably, I, I would say, I, I think it's not unrealistic um, or unfair to say that Minecraft is probably the definitive game of the 2010s, even more than Minecraft, even more than Dark Souls or what have you. I, I would say that Minecraft probably was the most formative game of the last decade. So I, I, I think it's worthy of being in Smash. Do I really care? Am I no? Am I excited about Minecraft Steve's inclusion? No. Am I gonna spend five dollars on Minecraft Steve? No. 
but like there's some kids out there who are going to be really hyped on this like, like good for them let them have a win maybe they'll put dante in later you twitter dorks calm down Okay, it would be really, really funny if they put Dante in, but they put the Dante from the DMC remake in <laughs> With the a game that no one liked but me. I love that game. They're, I they're, love the DMC remake. It's so good. It has its defenders. I, I never I never played it, but I, I know that there is there's a small but vocal minority that will stand that game. That is a I I am a uh, is it hold on. Ninja Theory, yeah, sorry. I, I always mix them up with uh, Team Ninja um, for some reason. But yes, Ninja Theory's <laughs> DMC, I may stand. Um, anyway, that would be hilarious. I would love to watch that, like, the, internet the best, dork reaction. The best announcement trailer would be, like, you, you you pan up, you've got the empty pizza boxes on the floor that Dante is, is known for. Everyone is already getting hyped. They see him with, you know, like, leaning back in a chair, with his big old sword. I didn't play the games, but I know the basic <laughs> motifs and imagery of the game. He's got his big old sword yeah. against the wall. You see his white, white uh, ghost-like locks uh, hanging out over the chair. And you're like, ah, there he is. And then they do the thing that they did. I do remember they did in the DMC remake trailer where he mm. removes the white hair, revealing it to be yes. a shows off that brown crew cut and then the internet loses its mind in fury it was just <laughs> I, I and i and you know what you know what not only do i want that i want it to be the final character announcement i want that i want remake dante to be the last character to come to smash just as a giant middle finger to everybody nintendo goes out with a middle finger and a mic drop and then and and that's that is smash's legacy is just leaving a void of angry nerds that would that would make it would make up for every bad thing that's happened this year and I, and that's not true but it would make up for 60 percent of bad things that happened this year i would go back and purchase a copy of every single smash game that's ever come out so that's um that would be like i would just be yes this is you've done a beautiful thing um but yeah so the Okay, so yeah, I'm actually like looking at. So the only uh, Smash that I played with like really any regularity was um, uh, Melee, and yeah. you know this was and that was before like the era of DLC. So like actually really quick, I've just kind of caught myself up on like basically like well at least like the non Nintendo roster and the fact that like there are like DLC characters for Smash is kind of you know in the current era I guess not surprising, but still something that feels very. Like that, that creates a kind of like a relationship to these characters that feels very, uh, I don't know, d different, I guess. And like a little less kind of uh, curated because like the, like I remember when, uh, I can't remember which one, Brawl maybe, the one where Bayonetta got added. And that I remember there- the, mm -hmm. the the one between Brawl and Ultimate for the Wii U, so nobody played it. Um, okay. Oh, whatever okay. that one was called, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Wii U um, one. Okay. So, and, and yeah, and like the thing about, well, the thing about like that discussion was like that was one of the, that was a moment where people kind of went like, there was a, in terms of like tone and also kind of in terms of style, like people went, okay, this character kind of doesn't belong. Um, and, you know, Bayonetta did belong insofar as like Bayonetta 2 only came to the Switch, I think, or the Wii U or something. I think it was the like, Wii U, yeah. 
Yeah, the Wii, yeah, it would have been the Wii U, obviously. No. Um, because like that would have been the uh, all these things just run together at this point, uh, you know. Yeah. Like honestly, like like the kind of like all of like the like small. Like, I mean, like you know, massively successful, but still kind of like you know, small kind of like you know, non generational gap. Uh, Nintendo console releases, like all two of them, I guess, are like really running <laughs> together. <laughs> and, well, look, um, the the, uh, the Wii U was just a a, a massive fluke, uh, and they had to uh, drop it like a bad habit and yeah. launch the switch at a reasonable time fast i i under I, I understand so um but yeah so like there's something about like the because i'm like looking through this list of like non-nintendo characters that are in smash and i guess like like the uh, the weight of this being like apparently like the the final is this the final dlc character for that smash game or just for like a season of dlc so this is this is Steve is the first character of this of the final season of characters. Okay, okay. okay. So there's gonna be I want to say three to five more after this. So like there's still time for Dante and Skull Kid and Lara Croft and all of them. Like and who knows Master Chief uh, now that now that Nintendo and Microsoft are weirdly pals, which is. Uh, almost as unfathomable as Nintendo and Sega being pals, which they also did eventually. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. There's okay. there's time for for all of that. So so, yeah. Let the let the children have a win. <laughs> why why you got to dunk on the children? That's um yeah. Just like what a. Sorry, like like I'm pausing here just because there's like it's so strange to consider. Like this is a very like, what okay like what you're describing and like the way people are responding to this reminds me of 2012 and like I think it was 2012, whenever that whenever the first Avengers came out and like sure, the idea yeah. and like and like the idea of the crossover being like a novel thing and like wanting to see like different characters basically like this desire to see different characters together, which I the- mean is you know not. Sorry, I'd say you, I would say you could see that even more in like the early aughts with I mean the like slew of like Freddy versus Jason Alien versus Predator like yeah all of that also a bajillion crossover TV shows going on at the time that yeah was, yeah like the, like, yeah. The, like big in like nineties cartoons you know yeah like, the, the Care Bears meet the Ninja Turtles or whatever right like which is something that like. Yeah, as a kid, I kind of get because, you know, like you like thing, you like seeing the, you know, thing meets thing. It's like your action figures kind of, you know, like coming together in ways that are totally like, you know, incoherent, but are, you know, fun for you as the child, like the principal kind of, you know, creator of this, like, you know, of all these like fictional scenarios where, you know, people, you know, different action heroes fight each other or whatever. Qui-Gon Jinn is fighting Max Steel. Why not? Yeah. That was that. Really, yeah. There's a there's a dated '90s reference that probably <laughs> most of our listeners who currently attend UCI will not get. But there you go, guys. <laughs> Max Steel, look it up. Don't look it up. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like it's just like I, man, I don't get being angry about this because the other thing is like there will be you know assuming the world continues to exist which I know is getting like less and less uh, assured every day. <laughs> but like, yeah, assuming the world goes on, there will be another Smash Bros game where I'm sh- pretty sure like all this DLC is probably going to get grandfathered in. Like, oh, yeah. All, uh, like a rock band or something. And unless like the like the competitive community, which I'm assuming is like 
which again, I only really know about like the melee community, which is again, like entirely its own thing. Like the, like that is a community that's really into CRT televisions and such, um, which I imagine, you know, like, uh, uh, people who are like playing these games, you know, playing these games at any kind of like meaningful competitive level and really engaging with those systems in a meaningful way, like, you know, aren't, they're not invested in that same way. Um, like, unless people are like really, really attached to like the mechanics and ultimate and like really, and there's like something, there's some kind of nuance there where like people really want this character in this environment, like, this seems so low stakes and like the way that you're kind of like talking about like the way that you're immediately talking about like these character crossovers and going like yeah like nintendo is like weirdly friendly with microsoft like i mean there you're already getting at like the the thing about um all of this which is just like yeah like it's we're synergizing baby yeah, like haven't we all uh, yeah. figured out that like all this is just corporate synergy? Like there's something it's it's weird. Okay, it's weird that like people care about this this much in a kind of like again, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to Marvel, like in a in a post Avengers uh in-game world where like you know we've seen these big crossovers. We understand like these big crossovers are now like they're not a they're not anomalies within these like, you know, greater kind of uh, you know, like fictional universes like like these crossovers now like these kinds of uh you know these conceptions of universes where things interact that were once you know separate like that is just the norm for big budget entertainment these days and in a way like smash bros really is like you know now like it's kind of like evolved from being the sort of like the Nintendo crossover to the everything crossover. Like I was looking through the list and going like, oh, right. Like the main character from Persona 5 is DLC. Yeah, Cloud, Banjo-Kazooie, Joker, Solid Snake. Like it's a, it is a wild, wild cacophony of, uh, of crossover. And I think that is ultimately like, I think that's just the thing to, to keep in mind is, yeah, yeah, there is of course the, uh, yeah the fact that this is just all uh, a big very deliberate and can be very easily interpreted cynically um and and reasonably interpreted cynically uh, as just big uh, corporate corporate synergy uh on that same token i think smash also i think the reason people get so vehement about this um is the fact that smash basically represents like the video games rock and roll hall of fame like if you're in smash it's because you matter i think that was like that was first proven uh come when brawl came out and uh solid snake and sonic got added to the roster it was the first time where characters uh from other publishers were in this game that was at one point known as the big nintendo crossover franchise um and those were especially in the late aughts when it came out some of the biggest icons in gaming outside of Nintendo. Um, And so, yeah, of course they're going to keep expanding on that. And I think of course that is ultimately at the end of the day, why Twitter dorks get all up in a, which is just what I'm going to refer to them as now from now on. Uh, (laughs) it's, It's why Twitter dorks get all up in a fuss when character they know like they know care about no end up in game about important character, (laughs) but my character more important my character, not that character, that character for babies. It's all, again, and I, and I hate this coming from one man child to another. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not putting myself on a, on it, on, uh, in an ivory tower. It's all for babies. 
it's video games are great but they're like <laughs> they're also dumb and i love them but they're stupid and terrible and they're my favorite thing and they're they keep me warm on on lonely nights um but yeah I mean, uh, God, but it's like, nothing to get worked up about is the point a- end of the day that's that's sort of my closing thesis on the issue is it's who cares it's fine it doesn't matter yeah i, I mean as someone who's like uh i guess like interest in something like say the metal Gear solid series is somewhat uh is somewhat reliant on the fact that i keep forgetting that snake is in smash bros because like that honestly robs that series of of something for me like the uh yeah no it's just like man it's who care yeah just a big old hashtag who care you know like who care let's get it trending (laughs) uh but you, you know it's almost i guess it is almost reassuring that like people can still get this mad about something this stupid <laughs> i guess yeah. it's also horrifying this is also the spectacle working against us so i don't maybe know if it's, it's like no it's terrible yeah it's, that's it's, the thing i'm trying to think if it's if it's this is a good sign about um about uh uh you know the 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 future for freedom of speech and the the cogs of society turning or if this is a, a sign of doomsday i'm gonna just I mean, tell myself it's the former and rest yeah, easy tonight <laughs> i think i think like my optimism is kind of like that immediately got snuffed out and i'm sitting here going no 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 this, this is doomsday this is um <laughs> this is what this, this is what the slow burn apocalypse looks like is a bunch of people getting really mad about minecraft steve <laughs> all right well on that note uh we are going to we are going to depart for just a moment and we'll be back in a minute This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You are listening to Socially Distanced. I am one of your hosts, Justin Kiever, and with me is Paxton Wright. Say hello, Paxton. Hello. That's the period at the end of my sentence. I'm going to add no more to this, except for this part right here that I'm adding. I'm done now. <laughs> well, you know what? You, you contributed to the bit in a, uh, in a new and exciting way. By... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do every week. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> this is what what other reason would we be doing this show other than unnecessarily convoluted intros to our intermissions that that is we would not have been picked up i say picked up for another season as though like this show matters we would not have have filled out the the google forms application uh for this college radio station if it didn't matter you're, you're really undercutting my like lukewarm like hooray us that i gave after you said that we were uh... <laughs> look what we do here at KUCI is a great public service and i uh and i and i mean that sincerely i'm saying it with a smirk right now but i, I do genuinely mean public radio is important and you should support it uh if you so please but um uh, this is also 
what what you and I are doing here is maybe less important than some of the other fine shows on this fine station, but we're doing it regardless. Yeah, we we are doing something incredibly unimportant within an within an effort that is actually very important. Exactly, exactly. Couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, so, Justin, what is this segment called? The second half of our show. So the second half of our show is called Feast in the Weast, where we talk about the media that we have been feasting on uh, this week's. I think it's the the West Coast. Uh, yes, we yes, and, yes, and we yes, and we yes, we are actually uh, Weast is the West Coast. So Feast in the Weast is the yeah is the media feast that takes place in the West, the West. Um, so whenever if I ever, for example, travel back to uh, my uh, my parents' place and uh, I'm on the East Coast then we have to rename well i guess we have to that would be we weast in the in the in the uh central central uis i guess <laughs> if we want to split the difference um now i can't stop doing eat this is bad <laughs> we're almost three minutes into the second half of the show <laughs> See, it's really great because the thing is we can just call it Feast in the East and not actually have to change any words, but you just changed more words. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so this, this can never not be weast. complicated. <laughs> oh, this, is, uh, this is an important thing. We're part of an important effort. <laughs> in public radio. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> this is a mess. We can't air this. Yes, we can <laughs> we're gonna it's the worst part we are uh, we will subject the residents of irvine california to this to this you know, uh, bile that we're spewing here <laughs> that's delightful bile though um so anyway uh yeah so uh this uh this week i have been feasting on uh Sekiro shadows die twice which is a uh a game from early 2019 that um as um as I believe I, I hinted by um, dominating the conversation for 10 minutes and uh, totally uh, ch- making us change the subject uh, on our PS5 uh, segment uh, a couple weeks back. Um, so I'm a big fan of From's games, uh, you know, post uh, d- including Demon Souls, but like prior to that, like they have a very extensive, uh, you know, list of, uh, list of games that developed, including uh, Kingsfield back in the uh, mid 90s. Uh, Echo Knight, which I believe you know of Paxton, um, uh, the Armored Core series, which I never actually got into. The only mech game of theirs that I've played is actually the, um, oh man, uh, it was a game that came out in, I believe, 2004 that was recently re-released by um, by Devolver, uh, Metal Wolf Chaos, which is this kind oh, of like yeah. very, um, like, you know, t- is not in any way like a mech sim, but it's just like this incredibly stupid kind of uh satire like weird like very weird kind of like bush era satire um that like you know isn't like you know like the parallels aren't like you know it's not like one-to-one but it's very much like a game about uh you know like it it is a non-western developer kind of like taking on like uh america's uh like weird militaristic culture in a way that's like very like very intentionally campy and very silly and very fun. Um, but really like where I kind of like, where I came in with From Software's games is Demon's Souls. And so Sekiro is another one of, you know, it's another one of those in certain ways. It's also like very much not, you know, like where something like uh, Bloodborne 
um, which you know is not does not have the like souls in its title. It's not a demon souls or a dark souls, but Bloodborne is like very recognizable, kind of like formally and structurally as a souls game. You know, it, like you have. Um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just to quickly to that point is like, I, I, I mean, I'm looking at their library here now, and like, I'm shocked at what a lengthy history that From Software has. Like, I again, I, I knew about Echo Knight, I knew about Armored Core. Um, but I did not realize what a stacked library they have. But even still, like, yeah, I when I think of From Software, I think of Souls and then to a lesser extent, Bloodborne and Sekiro. Like they they defined they like they defined a new niche for themselves that like uh, they have brought entirely into their own. Just yeah, reinforcing your point about that. Yeah, and um. And yeah, and so like the thing, um, so like the thing about like Bloodborne, which is like the the first of these kind of like, you know, Souls, but not, and like, you know, it was a game that was so much like Souls that people started calling Souls games, Soulsborn, you know, like that became like this, like uh, sort of a, a kind of like, you know, false genre name, something like a, like a roguelike, you know, like people talk about like roguelikes and those are games that are like rogue. People talk mm-hmm. about Soulsborn games and those don't just apply to the Souls series and Bloodborne because uh, there are like plenty of like ripoffs like The Surge that are, you know, Soulsborn games. Right. But um, yeah, so Bloodborne, you know, it's like, yeah, you know, that, that's a game that comes out from From and um, that's a fun phrase that's going to be not at all confusing from oh, From. Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> it was you're calling attention to it that that broke my brain there I was, about, I was about to just totally accept that and let you move on and now i can't stop thinking about it i'll say that is something i've experienced this before it makes writing about from's games very difficult like when you're like introducing them and you go like okay i have to phrase this in a way that i don't that not in a way that feels natural to Oof. to get around that like weird kind of a um that weird linguistic problem but um yeah so but you know bloodborne comes out and it's very recognizably a um you know, a Souls game insofar as like it has a, uh, a currency that's basically the same as Souls. It has a stamina bar. Um, like it is very much, yeah, like, you know, you can play that game like a Souls game and it makes sense. You know, it's just like a different fiction. Um, so Sekiro comes out and Sekiro is a game that in terms of how it controls uh, feels a lot like a Souls game, you know, um, yeah, insofar as like the uh, like the, the movement feels very similar. Like you know, you have a dodge mapped to uh, the circle button if you're playing on a uh, on a Sony console, as I am. Um, you have, uh, and then yeah, like you know the uh, the attack is mapped to like an R1 uh, button. You know, like it's very like it feels in your hands like the act of like moving and attacking uh, feels pretty fundamentally similar. So like you know you play it and like okay this feels familiar, but and, and I think that's like, uh, you know, Sekiro also, I should say for our listeners, is a, it, it is an action game. It is not really an action RPG. I mean, it has RPG elements, but it's not an RPG in the way that like the Souls games or Blood or even like Bloodborne are. Um, like it is a, it is a action game with like light stealth elements and light RPG elements, but it is fundamentally an action game. And the the thing that's like really weird about it, and like the, the story is like very um, the story is very from insofar as it is kind of like very obscure. It's told through um, a lot of it is kind of like you know 
about like suggesting history rather than giving you like a really kind of like coherent series of events. And uh, a lot of like, you know, a lot of the game is sort of about exploring in ways that like feel very counterintuitive and like ways that like you need to kind of like really have mastered like the play and like the space to like kind of progress. Well, Souls kind of is too, right? At least in terms yeah, of oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. how they get, provide lore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like this is this is like this is the stuff about Sekiro that's very Soulsy. Like yeah. it's like its structure is very Soulsy. So like it feels like a Souls game in that way. I should also just before we go any further, mm-hmm. I should clarify just for the audience um, that that maybe didn't tune into our last episode. Uh, the reason I might be asking a lot of very simplistic questions is because I have not played any from software games. I touched Dark Souls one for about an hour. And that is my full extent of knowledge on from on the from games. So I, I might be asking some very, very basic questions here. I mean, I think that's good. Um, and actually, and before we go on, I kind of want to ask, so like, I know that you sort of uh, bounced off, um, you know, from our last conversation, you kind of bounced off Dark Souls. And can I ask you uh, why? Like, what was the, what were the reasons? Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is like, it, it's reasons that are, it's reasons that like FromSoft elitists will roll their eyes at um, because most of my friends are also FromSoft <laughs> elitists. So I know from personal experience, but like I thought it was hard and I didn't think it felt very good and I didn't want to keep playing. <laughs> and, like, and that was, and that was really mm-hmm. sort of where I, where I ended it. I fought and beat the first boss and I was like, this felt, very sluggish and like a chore which i get part of the appeal is overcoming that sluggishness and then like actually realizing that there's a very nuanced series of mechanics in there that Mm -hmm. at first fight you and you basically have to gain the advantage over them to enjoy the experience i lacked the patience for it like my thinking is i think i mentioned this on the last week's show is um i am not even like i don't even hate hard games like one of my favorite games of all time that I, I think i cited this this exact one is like the hotline miami franchise those first two those those i guess only two games um i have logged uh, an obscene amount of hours into and those games are brutally difficult where they where they i think make up for that from soft games have always lacked for me um, is in aesthetics. Those games are are so largely defined by their aesthetics, their bumping soundtrack, and their you know hyper saturated color scheme, and and everything about it is uh, very definitive of those games. And also the fact that the gameplay is so simplistic. It's brutally brutally punishing, but it's so simplistic that it like basically feels like I've heard it compared to like people compare how I mean to like like take like doing like a like going on a drug bender of just like this feels good let's keep it going let's keep it going let's keep it going ah this hurts this hurts let's keep it going ah and like you just sort of get into this vicious cycle of like cannot stop like your blood gets flowing it is like such an adrenaline rush yeah well the problem with dark souls at least at the beginning when you're a novice and you don't really know what you're doing it's the exact opposite of an adrenaline rush you're in this very drab dreary uh like you start off in like a very like uh, like yeah like a very dreary tomb um the enemies are like mostly like skeletons as i recall they're like hairy yeah 
Pretty much, yeah. Like in the yeah, in the original Dark Souls, you basically start fighting these like yeah, these skeleton warriors that I think very intentionally are like evoking kind of like that Harryhausen style of animation. Yeah, and like and so like and you start off in like yeah, this very sort of drab environment and you're moving slowly and every hit you take knocks you back and like the controls seem to fight you every step of the way. And again, don't get me wrong, the appeal is not lost on me, and I'm sure if I sat down for a few more hours I would get it um, because I get that the appeal is overcoming that and learning, learning both uh, despite and because of the game's, um, I don't want to say limitations because it is all very intentional, but the game's um, frustrating mechanics, uh, like, like overcoming that is the appeal and working around it is the appeal. Um, mm-hmm. but I just, I didn't, I didn't have the patience. And again, I'm sure if I sat down, I feel like I should start with something more like Bloodborne because even just on a purely aesthetic level, Bloodborne is a lot more interesting to me. That like Victorian Gothic look is way more up my alley in terms of just sheer, uh, sheer imagery. Um, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I, I would say I have not given it a fair shake, but my, the reason I bounced off, I think is the reason a lot of people bounce off those games yeah and um yeah absolutely and actually you've given me some like really great stuff to work with here as i talk about sekiro and i would say um for what it's worth yeah bloodborne is actually a really good place to start um it's like it's it's a much it's a much snappier game uh and yeah i think like that is like the people's entry into the series uh into like this kind of in this into this type of game um but something that's like really interesting about uh especially in terms of like what i've played of sekiro this week uh, what you're kind of describing about Dark Souls, yeah, is you're describing Dark Souls in a way that I think a lot of people describe those games, where like you know you have where it very, it is a game that uh, in a way that's like kind of like hard to explain unless you've played it. Like really, it puts you in a system that feels very limiting, and it kind of yeah, you know, it, it's a game that, and this is going to sound very wishy-washy, but like you know, it makes you engage with it on its terms. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, I think it's completely accurate from what I've gathered. And, um, and yeah, like, and, uh, so it's sort of like it may, it puts you in the system and then like the way that people talk about the Souls games, like there's a metaphor that people use to talk about like the difficulty in the Souls games as a very strict teacher, like the kind of teacher that like, you know, has a ruler or something and like wraps your knuckles and says, no, not good enough again. And, you know, like, so you're, yeah, so it's like that kind of thing where you're learning how to do so like, people talk about the souls games as games where you were learning how to do something and you have this teacher, the teacher in this case being the game watching you. And then when you like, when you die in that, it is wrapping your knuckles and saying, no, again, do it better. Um, So I've actually found that to maybe I've just so thoroughly internalized the way those souls games work because I play them a lot um, just because like I find them so aesthetically pleasing for reasons I'll get into. Um, that like I don't feel that anymore and the thing is like Sekiro for me embodies the way people talk about the Souls games where like it is due to the ways in which Sekiro is faster far more difficult and also more like in weird ways like both more liberating and more restrictive uh it feels like it feels like like that game is actually the embodiment of the way people talk about the Souls games so to explain what I mean um Sekiro is secretly a rhythm game. Um, That's a when bold, it's bold claim. I yeah, 
what do you when mean? it's at its best. So, um, so the thing that Sekiro changes is it doesn't like part of like the the Souls games and Bloodborne's difficulty is based around the idea that you have a stamina meter that limits how often you can attack, and um, yeah, it basically like means you know like you can do so much until like you're left exposed for a while because you can't attack and you can't like uh, you know you can't parry or defend or whatever. Um, so you need to like back off, let that recharge, and then go back in and fight. Um, Sekiro, there is no stamina meter. Like you can just keep attacking infinitely, but you have a limited amount of, um, I think, a posture meter. And so the way that um, Sekiro works is it takes this idea of parrying, which is some, uh, something from the Souls games where you basically hit a button like right as an attack on you lands and you, blo you block the attack and you leave your opponent open. Sekiro basically takes that mechanic, which is something that you kind of, it's, it's hard to get good at in Souls, and for that reason, you don't really have to engage with it. Like, you never have to parry. Like, there's no boss where you, like, you literally have to parry them. Like, you can, you know, like, circle strafe around them, or, you know, you can find other ways to beat them. Uh, and Sekiro, Sekiro is based entirely around the parry mechanic. Right. And your damage to your posture meter is done based on how well you parry and like how how basically how well you time out the parries and there are also attacks that uh your enemies will have where you know where that you can't parry that you have to uh either dodge or jump over or uh hit a button to kind of like um to sort of like step on their sword and like and, and yeah, like, and that's like, and those you can deflect, but you do less posture damage to them when you deflect it. So basically like what Sekiro ends up doing is it gives you a mechanic set and it gives you a bunch of enemies that you have to actually figure out like, you basically you have to figure, you have to figure out their moveset and you actually have to do the thing that people say that you do when you fight bosses, like fight bosses in Souls games, which is like, you know, learn the pattern. And here you actually, like, you have to learn the pattern and basically hit buttons in time. And like, you know, you can't just dodge away from things. Like you can't rely on like invincibility frames. You basically have to like learn like parry, 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 watch your partner for, like watch your, uh, watch your enemy rather, you know, for what they're about to do next, figure out like, you know, know from experience now because you've probably faced this enemy and died to them multiple times. Like, know from experience, like, okay, they're about to enter this sequence, so I do this, you know, set of moves. And then, you know, you know when your opening is. And then, basically, like, most enemies, once you've, like, damaged them, like, damaged their health enough, the way that you defeat them is by building up their posture meter. And by building up their, and you build up their posture meter by basically by staying engaged with them, by never backing off, by, like, going, like, okay, I know this moveset well enough that I can stay engaged with this enemy and just, like, have the combat not stop until I've defeated them. And it is very much like this kind of like, it is, I, like when I slipped and said, you know, when your partner does a move, I'm, I meant that because like the metaphor I'm building to is like, it is dancing. Like it is like, you know, it is a, it is very rhythmic. It is like, like we like to talk about like, you know, getting into the rhythm of a game, but like, this is like the most literal I've ever seen that in a non-rhythm game. Interesting. And, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, no. And like, and so like, it's this thing that's like, so it's like a game that like, you know, in very superficial ways, like feels like you're controlling a Souls game, but like in terms of like how you actually have to think about it and like engage with it, it's actually in some ways massively different, even though like thematically, like it's dealing um, like sort of like one of the major, like kind of like story setups is, 
you know, like, uh, so, uh, the, so uh, before I get to like, Dark, the Dark Souls games, you know, like you die and then you get this, like, you know, the meme screen that says you died and then, you know, you're reborn, you do it all again. And like the right. game's kind of like marketing is about like prepare to die. Like you're going to die over and over again, blah, blah, blah. So Sekiro kind of like takes that sort of, you know, like that emphasis on repetition and really, and actually like puts it into the like diegetic story where like you are, you know, you're playing as a character who, because he has been like, you know, essentially blessed by his, by this kind of like mysterious, like noble child, like he cannot die. And the, um, and like a lot of the, the villains are like trying to achieve immortality. And like, there's like, there's like this wonderful kind of like class metaphor in there, but like really, yeah, like it is, um, and you could talk about it in terms of, uh, and I read an article prior to recording this that talks about uh, the story be as basically being um, a kind of a playing with the, the, the Buddhist idea of samsara, which is like, you know, being caught in like this endless cycle of reincarnation in which you, know, you are never actually kind of like achieving uh, transcendence. And yeah, like it is a, um, like it, it's a game that is very difficult is constantly wrapping your knuckles and is also like very much engaging with like the pain of this like death and rebirth again and again like it feels very intentional um and like intentional like in the general like the, like there is like a really kind of coherent sense of like what they are doing uh and, and like it's it's really really uh sorry i'm i'm, I'm like kind of like this is the first time I've, like, I've gotten to like, talk about it at all. And like, it's really kind of like hitting me like, yeah, wow, I love this game. Well, that's the thing that's really interesting to hear you talk about it too, is because I am such an outsider looking in on FromSoft's works. Like I should also, another thing I should be clear about is while I'm a novice and I have played virtually nothing of any of these games, um, I, I'm also, I still play a lot of video games and I'm still on the internet. I know a lot about all of them just by way of sheer osmosis. Um, one, one thing I've gathered about Sekiro as, as opposed to the other one, as opposed to the other uh, from soft games, post demon souls, um, basically the consensus tends to be like, yeah, it's a lot like, like I, I've never heard anyone get really that in depth on it. I hear like, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot like dark souls, but it's like faster and it's different and you parry more and like, it's not as good, but it's okay. It's all right. Yeah, it's good. I don't know. And that seems to be like sort of where the conversation begins and ends in Sekiro a lot. And I haven't heard anyone really get engaged with how the game, with how like the core gameplay differs from dark souls beyond it's more reliant on a parry than a roll dodge um and this this thesis of uh of the game essentially being a, a rhythm game in disguise is a unique one and not one I, that i've gathered before um but what i will say is having played sort of um i guess what i would call like like baby's first from soft game in um in star wars jedi fallen order which i did play earlier mm. this year which is basically like mm. a nerfed sekiro from what i have heard from that is a, a very that's a very very good description actually yeah like that that's sort of the, that's sort of generally the consensus that i've heard about it is it's basically yeah it's it's nerfed sekiro um and it also really makes sekiro even more intimidating to me because i was not good at jedi fallen order at all i was quite bad at it um i beat it but not without <laughs> a lot of trial and error um uh, and and 
Yeah. So, but I, I see what you mean because even that game had a lot of that, like you're punished for fleeing a fight. You need to stay engaged even when it's not going in your favor because you're guaranteed a loss if you try and bow out and recover rather than uh, about to suffer a probable loss if you stay engaged in the fight. Um, I think there is maybe less in Fallen Order of what you're talking about of like this, like the very back and forth uh, nature of the the melee combat yeah. is what you're describing, but it is there and I can kind of... I can kind of fathom what you mean by sheer um, by sheer way of my own experience with a sort of peripherally similar game. Yeah, yeah, Fallen Order is interesting because, like, in terms of it is very similar, but it doesn't have the it doesn't have the rhythm though. Like, that's the thing is that it, like it doesn't it, it actually doesn't feel as good. And, it, and like, it's harder. It's actually in some ways harder to get the timing down in Fallen Order than it is in Sekiro. Um, but like the so the other thing, and just I quickly quickly talk about this. Um, the other thing that the game does incredibly well that I wanted to comment on, based on what you said about Dark Souls, was that like it, it opens up its space in ways that you really don't expect. Like the thing that's really cool about the Souls games is that basically they start you in a castle, and then they get weird. Like that's like like always been like and like Bloodborne does that too. Is like you, know, you get like they put you in a space and you get used to that space and they slowly start unraveling that space and you get like, you know, you get very slowly exposed to just how strange this place is. And uh, Sekiro really does that wonderfully. Like the game gets so weird and like, and, and like, and it's like, and like the strangeness in Sekiro is also like, you know, very kind of, um, or like the, the what becomes the strange because you think you're in like a pseudo realistic world and then like it very uh it leans into like the divine and it leads into um like it leans very much into this kind of uh basically yeah, like japanese buddhist mythology isn't in ways there, that are incredibly interesting isn't there a sequence from what i've seen which looks awesome that is like something of like a stealth sequence where you're avoiding a giant snake in an ice cavern Yes, that happens. That, that, that looks cool as hell. That is kind of like the first big moment where, like the you know, you start in this kind of you know, like like snowy. You start in a snowy castle, and then you have to like traverse this canyon with this massive snake. And that is basically the first moment where you're like, oh, okay, there is something greater happening within this world. Um, and uh, yeah, and then it just gets. Um, it just gets even more interesting and like more surprising later on. Like it's really, it's a really amazing thing. Nice. Well, I am, I am more incentivized to give it a shot. I'll still probably start with Bloodborne, but I, this is a, this is a, I guess a genre, if you, nothing better to call from soft's work. This is a, a genre that I do really want to get engaged with at some point. And uh, you've made a strong case for Sekiro. Uh, we really got to get going here though. Um, but uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember to stay safe out there. And remember also, I'm said at the top of the show, going to say it again. Remember to register to vote if you haven't hit the deadline, if the haven't hit the deadline in your state already. I don't think any states have hit their deadlines just yet. Register and then vote. Vote in person if you can. Vote early if you can. Do everything. Um, I'm not going to pretend and say that like the day is definitely saved if we uh, have a, have a change in our executive branch or our Senate, but um, it's, it's a, it's a better shot and I'll take a better shot. Um, Hmm. So, so on that note, stay safe and stay healthy, everybody.
Yep. Bye, everyone. All right. Take care.